Shabbat Shalom. The Talmud in Mesechet Eruvin says that all animals on earth have a lesson that they can teach us. So we are going to learn today the lesson of the salamander. But first, let's set the stage. This week, we read about one of the collective givings of the Torah, that, but it's really the third try that it took for Moses and God to get it right. The first time that we start, there is only one person brought into the giving of the Torah. One person ascends Mount Sinai. One person alone gets to meet with God, gets to hear the Torah. And that person's name, of course, is... All right, you've been paying attention. Great, Moses. Moses is the sole person who has access to Torah and to God, and it does not go well. Because while Moses, it takes like minutes, right? While Moses is gone for, well, 40 days, I guess, right? He's gone. The people rebel, and they rebel because he's not there. And it says in that moment that they build the golden calf because, because not because God is gone, because Moses is gone. So Moshe comes down. We try again, and this time, Moses loops in a few more people, specifically the Zikhanim, the elders of the community. They get to be a part of the second giving of the Torah, or the, the time when they go back up to speak to God, and that works a little bit better. They get about two books of the Torah uh, before there's a, a, a problem, and again, this time, led astray by a small group of the leaders. When the spies go into the land and they bring back a bad report and the people are so used to listening to this small cadre of leaders that they're led astray. So this time, Moses and God want to get it right. And so this time, as we read this morning, right, it says, Atem nitzavim hayom kulchem. All of you, all of you are standing here today to receive the Torah. And it goes on and it lists whom they are. But this is the inclusive, the most inclusive that we get when it comes to bringing the Torah down to the people and the people taking ownership of that Torah. And this is the one that works. We have to bring everybody in and be as inclusive as we can for revelation to actually work. That's something that we learn. Now the rabbis, understanding this, ask the question of why. Why is it that we need everybody to be a part of the giving of the Torah, to be a part of Torah for it to work? So one rabbi gives an answer. Again, a frame of lunch, it's known as the Kliyakar. And he says, ah, the reason is because everyone's different. Everyone has strengths and weaknesses. And so by including everybody, you can make sure that the, the things that different people are perfect in, they can take care of for the community. So what does it mean? It means that, you know, there are people in our community who are perfect in their Torah reading. So Uri's going to take Torah reading for us because he's perfect in it. Again, thank you very much for your Torah reading. There are people in our community who are perfect in their singing. And so the Chazan is going to sing for us again. Thank you for all that you do because of your perfection in that. There are pe per people who are perfect in their, everyone's like, oh God, what's he gonna say? I'm not, I'm done calling on folk. 
So Kliakar says, that's why we need everyone because everyone brings certain aspects of perfection to the table and that's what we need. And with respect to a great rabbi, I disagree. And I'm gonna disagree by teaching us something about salamanders or at least what the rabbis thought about salamanders. So the rabbis at the end of Masechet Chagiga ask about why the accoutrement for the, for the temple are built in such a way that, because you asked, Grinnell family, because you asked, I'll tell you, that they could have made this, this stuff completely out of wood or completely out of metal, which would have meant they would never be susceptible to ritual impurity, right? It's like Pyrex or something. It would be perfect all the time, but the Torah commands that they are made wood overlaid with metal, which is exactly the thing that means they can become ritually unclean and thus unusable. So the rabbis ask, why? Why would you intentionally make the altar and the stuff that we're going to use, stuff that can go bad or can be broken? Well, say the rabbis, we learned something from this about salamanders. Now, you need a little bit of history. Salamanders, the ancients thought, were born out of fire. They thought they were born, by the way, the word salamander in, I think it's like Middle Persian, professor, you can correct me, um, means fire within. Salo means fire, mandra means within, because we thought they were born out of fire. Why? Salamanders live in dry, dead logs. And so when you would, in the ancient world, throw the log onto the fire, the poor salamander is like, oh my gosh, my house is on fire. And he runs out, but it looks to the onlooker like fire is just spontaneously generating salamanders. So. <laughs> the most I've ever said the word salamander on the Bima, or anyone probably ever has, but it's important and I'll get to the point, I promise. So the ancients thought that salamanders, since they were born out of fire, were of course fire resistant. And salamander skin was used as original sort of fireproofing, God forbid the people who relied on that, but it was thought that because it was born out of fire, it was impervious to fire. So the rabbis say, Two, are we the scholars of Torah because we speak words of fire and God's word is fire. The fires of Gehenom have no power over us. So too, the utensils of the, of the, of the temple, because they can become impure, are used to make others pure. What does this mean? It's not, according to Kliakar, the perfectness of different individuals which the community needs but the imperfectness. Because only the things which we have gone through, only the things, the fires through which we've come, can we be impervious to for others. Because if we've come through something, if we've been through that fire, whatever it is, whatever ills, whatever problems, whatever sickness, whatever issues that we know, we come through it on the other side and we come through it stronger. And we come through it better able to help other people. And so when the Torah says that we need everyone, kulchem, we need all of the people, it's because we all have been through something in our lives. No one here is perfect. That's what Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur come to tell us. No one here is perfect. And so what we need to do is find the things that have made us imperfect, that we've come through, the fire that we've been born out of, and we can say, that doesn't affect me because I know it. 
And so that's how we help one another. I'll finish with a story from an equally holy source. And anyone who gets it will tell me afterwards. There's a guy walking down the street. And he falls into a hole. It's a very deep hole. And he can't find a way out. And so a doctor walks by. And he shouts and says, hey, hey, help, doc. I'm in this hole. Doctor writes a prescription, throws it down in the hole. Guy says, thanks. Keeps walking. He keeps, uh, he's in the hole. A rabbi walks by. Guy shouts, rabbi, rabbi, help. I'm in this hole. Can you get me out? Rabbi says, walks on. Guy says, thanks. This person's friend walks by. He says, hey, buddy, help me out. The friend jumps down in the hole. He says, you dummy, now we're both stuck in this hole. The guy says, yeah, but I've been in this hole before and I know the way out. The fire that we've come through can no longer affect us. And it's our job to find people who are in the pits that we've got out of and get in there with them and help them out. Because only if we are helping one another, both in the ways that we're good and the ways that we are not, only that way can we fulfill the words of the Torah, Tem Mitzavim Kulchem. All of us, our whole selves, are together making the Torah real. Shabbat Shalom.